What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-hosts, Shelton's very own, Tyler Pacholke, and of course, co-host producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the show wherever you're listening to us. That really helps us out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow all of us at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double Underscore Gonzalez. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, Tyler and I are back after a week off holding down the fort since Jacob couldn't make it tonight. We're going to talk about the Lakers' three-game losing streak and the seven-game win streak that the Brooklyn Nets have been on. We'll also discuss the NBA All-Star player pool, and of course, we'll share our thoughts on Carson Wentz being traded to the Indianapolis Colts. All this and more on episode 183 of the TSK Show, coming up right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 183 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar, coming at you. Oh, this is what happens when uh, you copy and paste, Tyler. I uh, I forgot to change my notes. <laughs> we took. Uh, this is also what happens when you take a week off. Uh, you're rusty. Yeah. But uh, it's true. We're back after a week off. Uh, unfortunately, Jacob couldn't make it, but I got Tyler here with me. Tyler, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm up in the, the Pacific Northwest again. Yes. Uh, you know, just getting settled in. Yes, uh, we miss you down here. I miss the sun. <laughs> yeah, has it been raining a lot since you've been back? Oh, yeah, you better believe it. Every day? Every day. Oh, no. Every day. What about snow? But, yeah. No snow. Okay, no snow. No snow. Which is good. Are we, are we past snow the snow season up in, up in Washington now? now? Yep. Now that we're getting closer to March? Yeah, no, uh, typically it doesn't snow too much up here because it doesn't get quite that cold. Is it too low uh, of elevation? We'll have, a, yeah, we'll have like a, we'll have like a snow in December and then like one, you know, January, February. So we should be all good now. Oh, okay. Okay. All righty. Well, we got a bunch of uh, NBA hoops to talk about uh, after a week off. But before we do that, I got to let you know that this episode of the Sports Kingdom show is sponsored by J Diamond Estates. For all of your real estate needs here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at 818-451-8539, or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com, DRE number 0206831. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Five seconds at midcourt. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Did I miss anything while I was gone? Job's not finished. Job finished? I don't think so. So when you get done with this, you should be butt-ass naked. naked. So ever since James Harden got traded to Brooklyn, and really, I mean, really since Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving uh, went to Brooklyn last year, but obviously last year was kind of derailed with uh, Kevin Durant's injury and Kyrie getting hurt and all, they didn't really play at all. And now they're back and they got James Harden alongside with them. But the narrative, I think Tyler for the past probably 18 months to, to two years has been that the Lakers and Brooklyn Nets are on a collision course for an, a matchup in the NBA finals. Am I wrong? No, I don't, I don't think you're wrong. Okay. 
So I think what I, I think Kyrie and KD carry that kind of kind of expectation. Yeah, definitely. And then adding James Harden steps it up even more. Exactly. I mean, I picked, they were I picked them as my favorite of the East before the Harden trade. Yeah. You know, so they're a beast. Yeah. So. Uh, what I wanted to, to talk about tonight, uh, the Lakers and the Nets, they're kind of uh, in two – they're kind of have been going in two opposite directions uh, for the past couple couple of weeks. Uh, the Lakers, they, they've kind of hit a, a rough patch. They've lost three games in a row, one of which was to the Nets. The other uh, was to who they played in the NBA Finals last season, the Miami Heat, and then they lost in overtime to the Washington Wizards. They're currently playing the best team in the NBA right now. They're down 10 points, 35 to 25 uh, to the Utah Jazz in the second quarter with about nine and a half minutes to go before halftime. Uh, the the Jazz, they've won 20 of 22, uh, 20 of 22 of their last games, uh, and they have the best record in the NBA, like I said. So I want to talk about the Lakers losing streak but then on the opposite end the Brooklyn Nets they have been on a seven game win streak and where they have beat the entire Pacific Division which include that includes the Sacramento Kings twice and then they beat the Pacers which was the first game they won that started the streak so first I want to talk about the Lakers Tyler the Lakers they've looked tired recently and people are saying that LeBron needs to rest because he's played every game this year and it was a short turnaround from last season but also I think a big contributing factor is realistically it's tough to win basketball games when your starting point guard and your other top five player in the world has been missing time so I think there's there's been a lot of contributing factors to this three-game losing streak uh, after the loss to the Wizards in overtime, which I think was arguably the worst loss of the season for the Lakers, Kyle Kuzma said that he considers this three-game losing streak that they're currently on, he's comparing it to uh, a losing streak they went on last season in late December where they lost four in a row. Anthony Davis missed one of those games during that four-game losing streak, and LeBron also missed a game during that stretch. So... Fatigue, I think, has definitely played a factor, I think, throughout the entire season for the Lakers. We've seen them uh, coast uh, throughout the the beginning portion of the season, and we kind of talked about it a little bit last episode on uh, episode 182 with Harrison Fagan from uh, Silver, Screen and Lo- Silver Screen and Roll, excuse me, uh, Lakers SB Nation. If, if you missed that, you should definitely go check that out. Um, but also, Anthony Davis is going to be out until at least after the all-star break and boy oh boy does this Lakers team need the all-star break that has been very very clear um we can talk about that in a minute though but they've also like I said been missing their starting point guard Dennis Schroeder and he's been in health and safety protocols but he's on track to be back Friday um but I mean their absences Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder uh it's been very apparent to apparent to me where where do you fall uh Tyler on this Lakers team during this three game slide and I mean this Utah game it's it's a tough matchup that they got tonight especially without Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder going up against guys like Rudy Gobert Mike Connolly and Donovan Mitchell I mean the Lakers started Taylor Horton Tucker he gets his first start I believe of his career tonight and uh they also started Markeith Morris I think to try and get him going because uh, he's been struggling a bit as of late. So, Tyler, wh- where do you fall, and what do you make of this three-game losing streak? Do you think the sky is falling like a portion of Lakers fans do, or are you like me? Because I think that the the regular season, it's all about the – I mean, Kobe talks about this, like the process is the journey, and the journey is the regular season, It's and it's all about ramping up to the playoffs, and I think – as we get closer to the all-star break and past the all-star break, we're going to see this team lock in and be ready for the playoffs and, and be ready when it's go time for that championship run. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. I'm definitely on that side of the fence where I don't believe this is anything to worry about or sweat about. They're going to be ready. 
like you said, at the right time of the year. Um, Utah is really good, though. I just wanted to add, like, they're definitely having the season, I thought. They're having the season this year. I thought they were going to have last year, similar to, like, the Cleveland Browns. Well, um, injuries played a factor last year. Yeah, yeah. They just, you know, they – I thought they were going to be, like – I think I predicted, like, 55 wins, you know. Um, And now this year it looks like they could be flirting with that. But either way, um, Lakers are going to be fine. Uh, You know, the – I think the main factor is, like you said, Schroeder, and that's, you know, two big-time players to miss. Um, and this team, you know, without Ant Davis is a, is, a, is a different type of team. I mean, LeBron needs another another bucket getter because of his, you know, his style of play being a facilitator. Um, you know, fatigue is tough. I definitely do think that they need the all-star break just because, a number of their guys did have the short turnaround, including LeBron. Um, and LeBron, but, LeBron yeah, hasn't I, missed a game so far this year. And yeah, and that's that's LeBron. I mean, I think that that's what he's trying to do. Uh, and I and I think it's funny, you know, that the his minutes have been such a hot topic because I just I seem to remember when it was like this guy, you know, load managing. <laughs> uh, or, or we're like anti-load management, you know what I mean? So well, listen, like, he spends a million dollars on his body. Like, which is why he's playing 38 minutes a game. Uh, I think he's third in the NBA this year in minutes, which is like, I think you want to see that at this point in the career. I don't, LeBron's not going to burn out. You know well, what I mean? I don't think fatigue is going to be his demise in the in a championship run. Um, this team just lacks firepower when Andy Davis is not in the lineup. Yeah, and I mean, with with regards to to LeBron's minutes, I think uh, it's a it's an interesting dynamic that he he's come to the point in his career. I mean, we just saw him pass thirty five thousand points for his career. He sees Kareem Abdul Jabbar and Karl Malone ahead of him in in the all time rankings, and I mean, let's also not forget the fact that I mean. He did have the short off season and I mean, I, I wouldn't personally mind if he took a few games off, but I also understand that he's the type of competitor that isn't going to want to take time off. And I also think he's gotten to the point of his career getting up there on the scoring ladder, passing 35,000 points to where I know there aren't fans in the majority of the arena, but there's so many eyeballs on the game of basketball right now that it's kind of like Kobe and Jordan to the point where it's like, if they have the opportunity to, to play, they're going to play because someone's never seen them play before, you know? Yeah. And and I definitely think he's adopting that attitude. Um, You know, I just think that he's, he's, he's never going to be the issue with this kind of stuff. I don't think minutes are ever going to affect him. I don't think he's going to want to miss games. You know, there may be some other players on the team that may be suffering from fatigue, but um, definitely not LeBron. Um, So that, and that's why, you know, for the most part, I'm not concerned. Well, and he's definitely not going to publicly say it's affecting him. Well, and and it's not a concern as far as the long run. Um, This team's going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be a top seed. You know, they're going to they're going to be in the Western Conference Finals. Now, I think the only time really you need to hit the panic button if you're Laker Nation is if AD is you know injury is worse than you thought. Right, and I mean we're that's because really we, the big question. You need mark. him in the playoffs. Yeah, that's that's the biggest yeah. question mark. Is what does Anthony Davis look like after this four five week period off? I'm I'm not really sure exactly how long the 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 exact prognosis is but i'm assuming he's going to be out at least in total of a month yeah it's disappointing that you know Kuz isn't really stepping up in a starting lineup i disagree i disagree tyler Kuz has been playing very effective basketball this season no no no. he he is and i and i think he's playing the right role i'm not i i don't I guess I'm saying more from the Lakers standpoint, not Kuzma. I mean, to start Marquise Morris is just. Well, I think I that's, know. I think I, that's. I think, he got, I think that when, 
when ants out, this should be when you really like try to feed coos Tyler. and really try to get them going. Well, but here's the thing, Tyler. Frank Vogel is a lot more cerebral than that. They got to play Utah two more times in the second half of the season. The schedule just got released today. They got to play Utah two more times, and they're also probably expecting a potential seven-game series against Utah in the playoffs at some point. So I think Frank Vogel's kind of holding his yeah, cards but, close but to his vest. Well, I mean, why would you hold your cards close to your vest with uh, a bench player, you know what I'm saying, or, or a role player, I should say, you know? He's not going to be in the starting lineup well, in, I'm in think, the finals I'm, I or, think, or in the Western Conference playoffs. No, but I'm saying I think – Vogel is just trying to throw different lineups and different rotations and different actions out there to not put everything on film for Utah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's definitely trying out, you know, trying out different lineups so he can get ready for the playoffs. You got, you know, you need to have a slew of different lineups you can go to. So I definitely see it from that regards, but man, I just wish we were really like feeding coups right now. Well, I mean, I agree. Not that, we're not, not, not that we're not like he's not playing well, but you know, with Ant out, you're going to really need him. Yeah, for no, for sure. You're, I mean, you're going to need everybody if if Ant is out. Everyone's going to have to to step up and and pick it up a little bit more because you got Anthony Davis out. He's a he's a he, top five player in the world. I, I mean, that's that's a huge void. That, he's just the one that he's just the one that's the most capable. Well, Montrez yeah. Harrell's been very capable this year. No, but a different type of player. You know, he's a he's a, a pick and roll finisher, whereas Cuse can get a bucket in in a number of different ways. Yeah, but I mean, I don't want to I don't want to see Mike gets trashing Cuse by any means. Um, I just you know, when Ant's out, he should be lighting it up. He should be you know, salivating at the mouth trying to get buckets. Uh, oh, a hundred percent. I just I think that. His role has been like it, it. His role has completely shifted this season, so I think he's he's really locked in on on the stuff that he he's been focused on, like the defense yeah. and the rebounding. But you're, but I do agree. No, he, I do agree. Got- I would like to see a little bit more aggressiveness on the offensive end. But I mean, they also got to get him the ball, and that that comes with being in the right spot at the yeah. right time. So. And that's why I'm more, you know, I said it's more of like a Lakers criticism, I guess, even more specifically Frank Vogel. And, you know, you know, Kuz is in the right mindset. I think he is he is headed in the right direction. You know, listening to that post-game interview that Daniel Artest did, you know, talking about how yeah. last year in film he was standing around a lot on offense and just, you know, he's got to – with players – um, like Ant and LeBron in front of him, he's got to find a way to affect the game differently than just scoring. Yeah, I mean, he's kept so many plays alive by his activity on the offensive boards this year. It's been it's been incredible to watch that that development in Kuz's game. So, I mean, le- another real quick thing about the Lakers, and then we'll, we can talk about the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, the Lakers did waive Quinn Cook. Uh, so they did not have to guarantee his contract fully for the rest of the season, uh, and that it's all it all has to do with the hard salary cap and uh, trying to to keep as much of that luxury tax to a, to a minimum as possible. But it also opens up another available roster spot, so the Lakers do have two open roster spots currently to their disposal. So. Tyler, who do you think that those two open roster spots get filled by? Because, I mean, I'm hearing names like Trevor Ariza, DeMarcus Cousins, Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond. Uh, I've even heard guys like Mo Bamba. Uh, I've, I've heard a bunch of different names that have come up for these two open roster spots. But I think, obviously, and we also talked about this with Harrison Fagan last episode, uh, one of the biggest uh, concerns from the outside looking in for the Lakers, uh, I'm not saying specifically us, but just in general, a a major talking point has been uh, adding another rim protector. So who who do you think uh, fills those two open roster spots for the Lakers? Yeah, it's tough, you know, because obviously 
Drummond would be would be crazy. Boogie would be crazy for the Lakers to get, even though they don't necessarily need uh, a starting center right now. Uh, it's always, like you said, it's always better to get more and more rim protectors. Whereas, like Marcus Saul, you know, I think he was basically got to guard uh, Jokic. You know, he's more of like an on-ball defender. Um, but I don't think those those names are going to happen. It's it's it seems unlikely that the Lakers are going to land one of those huge names. It's probably going to be something a little more off the radar. I would love to see, uh, you know, in, in other teams, I would love to see guys like Jamal Crawford or, or uh, Isaiah Thomas get picked up. You know? Well, Isaiah, Tom- I- Isaiah Thomas and Joe Johnson are playing with that Team USA team in uh, that world tournament. No, right that's, that's why it's, and that's why I think Isaiah might get picked up for a playoff run. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm the team's just injury riddle. I'm very interested to see what happens with, with these two open roster spots. I I honestly don't know. I said uh on Twitter a couple of nights ago, uh, when they waived Quinn, I was like, My preferences would probably be Trevor Ariza and Boogie Cousins, because Trevor Ariza, that's another solid wing defender that you can put on somebody in a finals matchup like James Harden or, or maybe Kyrie Irving in a, in a defensive situation potentially, or, and I mean, Boogie Cousins also gives you that rim protector aspect. Anthony Davis is going to be out for the next few weeks and they were also already teammates in new Orleans, but I mean, it's a toss up. There's, there's a lot of names that are going to be on the buyout market come the trade deadline time so it's rob Polinka, yeah, i know i know for sure I think it's gonna, what's up that, that's where i think it's, it's definitely going to be somebody off the radar that the lakers land well and, someone you know we're not even thinking about exactly and if if we know anything rob Polinka's has definitely got something up his sleeve for sure yeah he's 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 been working the phones we we know that for for sure like he he's got something in the works and I mean, no, the Lakers are definitely going to add a piece to this team before the playoffs. You know what I mean? This is not going to be the playoff roster. There's going to be one more piece. Now, do you think it, it's just by filling these two roster spots, or do you think they make some sort of trade? Uh, you know, I don't think it, I think a trade would be would be tough. I think it's going to be more like you said, a buyout guy. Um, you know, or or if it was a trade, it'd be something like someone that's on a veteran minimum type of contract, and they're just trading like a second round pick for them. You know. See, no, I think the only way a trade is happening is if it's a blockbuster deal right now. Like, I think the only way a trade happens is if they they're getting. Have, they just don't have anything to trade for a blockbuster. You know. Well, they they do, but it's it'd be. They'd, I mean, Schroeder, Montrez, THT. Kuz is on a team-friendly yeah. deal Caruso. now. Caruso. Well, Caruso and THT are going to be restricted free agents. And Trez has a player option, and Schroeder wants an extension. So, it's it, – yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, a trade well, – I think a trade is unlikely. But I think, like, if they if they were to somehow figure out a package for, like, Bradley Beal or somebody like that, that's the only way a trade gets done, I think, this season. I think they're just, like you said, going to find somebody on the buyout market or, like, trade yeah, for a, yeah. a smaller smaller caliber deal for, yeah. for a vet men type guy. Yeah, I think they try, to get, they try to get a solid rotation player. Now, if Ant Davis, if they know something about Ant Davis, we don't, then that's where a blockbuster they could really be trying to push, you know. Right, exactly. And, I mean, hopefully Anthony Davis comes back like he never left. You so. got to gotta win now while you got Braun. You got this window, you got to do it. 100%. I mean, they got one. We're, they're trying to go back-to-back. It'd, it'd be pretty nice. It'd be pretty nice. See how I did that there? I said it twice, back-to-back. Yep, that's how you do it. <laughs> All right, uh, let's a double entendre. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about the Brooklyn Nets uh, real quick. Uh, like I said, they they've been on a seven game win streak uh, where they beat the entire Pacific Division, including the Sacramento Kings twice, and then the Pacers 
uh, was the first game that kicked that winning streak off. Uh, the only game that Kevin Durant has played in during that win streak was the second game where he returned to the Bay Area to play against the Warriors. Kyrie missed a game against Phoenix, but has played in the other six wins. And then James Harden has played in all seven of the victories. So the the three-headed monster in Brooklyn, uh, they're still working through uh, everything, but it all seems to be working out fine to the tune of uh, a seven-game win streak. And they're only a half game behind the 76ers for first place in the Eastern Conference right now. And, I mean, what what do you think it's going to have to take for Brooklyn to overtake Philly in, in the Eastern just Conference time. right now? Just, just time? Just just time. They're, they're going to outpace them. Uh, they're 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 going to win more games, you know, uh, uh, by the end of the season. This team, unlike the Lakers, I think this streak is very indicative of what their season's going to look like. I think you're going to see them win eight, nine out of ten games for the rest of the year. Um, this team is is fully loaded. Yeah, and I mean, this is the kind of stride I think most people expected from Brooklyn, especially after adding a guy like James Harden. They're they're just too good on offense. It just you know, there's guys like you know they they don't have a good matchup for Giannis. They don't have anybody that can guard Joel Embiid. But well, yeah, just, that's their I biggest mean, concern is the just, defense. I mean, they're also sometimes just, giving up 140 points in a game. But the fact that it's like even so, even if they can't guard these big time players in the East, it's just I'm not worried at all. They're they're just gonna outpace everybody. Um, and it's definitely, I think, a crash course for meeting the Lakers in the finals. Do you, do you think it's a crash course for Philly and Brooklyn in the Eastern Conference Finals, though? What what do you think the Eastern Conference um, picture no. looks like? No, no, Philly's Philly's nice. Um, you know, they're they're always they're always a threat. The last like three years to even win the East, and and Joel Embiid is is that dude. Uh, you know, he is basically unstoppable in the Eastern Conference. There's really nobody um, that's going to guard him well over there. Uh, and then I think um, you obviously have Milwaukee and Giannis can if Giannis can carry games, um, but I don't think he can carry games against Brooklyn. It's just, he can't carry like he can be. carry games, but he can't carry a series, and we've seen that clearly. I, no, I'm not going to go that far. You can, what, what do you mean you're not going to go that far, Tyler? He, he's won, he, it's not like he hasn't won a playoff series. Has he won a championship? No, but he hasn't won a meaningful playoff series. And he and he doesn't he doesn't have a, a loaded roster either, um, which you know, not everyone does. But he, he's going to have his time, regardless. And I I think he can dominate a team for seven games with the other guys that that have to step up. Um, and they're the team, I think Milwaukee is the team that's the biggest threat to Brooklyn because of their defensive ability, um, the versatility they have on defense. Uh, that's really the only shot. Uh, but I think, it's, I think it's between those three. Um, Boston's not playing well, but I think Boston's they're better under- than their record shows. <laughs> Tyler, can, I mean, hey, Boston's under 500. I mean – the, they're the only they're the only they're team the under 500 that has two all-stars this year Tyler they're the only team in the league that's under 500 that has two all-stars any chance I can get on Boston well I'm unfortunately Jalen Brown deserves it this year uh you know and Tatum's a stud I mean Tatum's a, he's he's got to be a top five or seven player in the east so he's got to make it and then Jalen Brown is having an exceptional year and like I said, they don't have a good record, but that 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 is not. I don't think that that's a fair representation um, of Boston's team. They're better than that, but I, I don't think, I that think they're there's top three. I think there's two problems with Boston, and their names are Brad and Danny. No, uh, that's the, that's the thing you got going for them. One championship in 36 years, Tyler. Hey, man, that's a lot of franchises. They're they're putting quality product out there year after year. They got they got some issues to figure out. 
They're they're not they're not going to win the title this year by any means, but they have a future, no doubt. Oh yeah, they have a future. But it's yeah, I mean and they're they're going to be in the playoffs this year. They're they're it, unless they face uh, Brooklyn, they they could probably get out of the first round. It's I, I think Brooklyn's or I think Boston's going to be all right, but I do have them on the outside looking in. I think it's a three headed race with. Philly, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely, definitely agree with that. And I think, I think like you, like you were saying that Phil or not the Philly, uh, the Milwaukee and the Brooklyn matchup. That's that's a really interesting matchup because I mean, instinctively, the first thing that came to my head was the defensive matchups would probably be Giannis and KD, and then you got Drew on Kyrie, and then probably middle, probably Middleton on Harden, right? Yeah, and I mean that's that's about as good as it's gonna get. Yeah, but and, and you can see you can see a different variation of that. Like I could see Middleton, I could see Middleton on KD and Giannis. You know, maybe guard the center. Who knows? Brooke guard Joe Harris. It, it, that's what I mean. They have a they have a lot of different ways that they can kind of move around these pieces. They have a shorter rotation than they did last year. Last year they played. 11 guys this year. I think they're around the nine mark, which means more minutes for everybody. The issue with that matchup is like, I I do believe that Milwaukee is the best matchup for Brooklyn because of their defense, but that's really like trying to beat three pointers or two pointers. Well, yeah, it'd be really fucking hard for them to do that. Um, Right. Because I mean, Milwaukee definitely comes out. Uh, yeah, because I mean Milwaukee definitely has the advantage defensively over Brooklyn in in that matchup. Because I mean, I, well, realistically, everyone's going to have an advantage over Brooklyn defensively because they don't but, really but play it's defense. Not, it's not necessarily an, it's not an advantage. It's it's they have the be, they have the most versatile, um, you know, high quality defense to guard Brooklyn. You know. Like obviously everybody's gonna have a better defense than Brooklyn if they have you know, they probably have one of the worst defenses in the East. But nobody can guard them and and I think Milwaukee's the only one that even comes close. Right, and that's and that's where it goes back to trying to beat threes with twos. Yeah, it's just it's just not gonna happen. They they might be able to win one or two games, but I don't know if they can win four. Right. So all right, I mean KD KD is a monster. Uh, yes. Yeah. You know? Kevin Durant is he's a he's it's, another it's, beast. It's, he's gonna you know, we talk, there's gonna be a lot of talk about all three of those guys throughout the whole year. But I promise you the last the last dude we're gonna be talking about at the end of this year is, is K D. Do you think that I know means... he's gonna come, he's gonna come up clutch for them. But the last person we're going to talk about all season this year is Kevin Durant. Well, for the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, 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 okay. All right, just like you know, like they're going to have all these sideshows, all these big headlines. They've already Kyrie's had. Yeah. Go off. Yeah, Kyrie's going to go off. Harden's going to go off. You know, but at the end of the day, in the NBA Finals, it's going to be Kevin Durant. Yeah. So, all right. I mean, listen. Like like I said at the beginning of all of this, uh, a lot of people have been saying that the Lakers and, and the Nets have been on a collision course for for an NBA Finals matchup. Uh, the Lakers they've been trending one way, the Brooklyn Nets they've been trending the other. It's it's up for you to decide if you think uh, the way each team has been going recently is indicative of how their season will end. So uh, we'll we'll leave it at that. Too much is right on Ant's injury. It's it's, it's unnerving. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I hope he comes back 100 percent healthy. And and speaking of of that, he he won't be coming back until after the All Star break. And the NBA they are deciding to go through with an All Star game. And I mean, if if we want to talk about it for a second, I mean, Tyler, do we think it's a good idea to have an All Star game right now? Probably not, but hey, I mean, no, nah, but it, it's just it's basically just like a you know an unnecessary risk. But you know, is there going to be fans? It's in Atlanta, Tyler. Of course, there's going to be fans. 
Yeah, see, that, that's unfortunate. Um, but, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, hey. It, it's, an unnecessary, it's an unnecessary risk, but I also understand that, um, you know, players want to take the risk. Let them play. Well, no, I mean, a lot of the players were unhappy about it. Uh, I mean, I remember LeBron talked about it. Even Kawhi Leonard spoke about it. Um, but that they didn't want to play. Yeah, basically. And I mean, yeah, listen, it just, yeah, we've we've said it ever since we've been in this pandemic. Tyler, sports is a business. It's all about the money with the All Star Game in the NBA this year. That's why they're having it. Yeah, it's gonna be the show of the year. Yeah, it's their biggest corporate event of the year. They're lucky they had it last year before the the pandemic shut the league down. And there there was COVID cases back last February. It just wasn't as serious in the U.S. yet. No, it's unfortunate that we're taking unnecessary risks for stuff like all-star games. But like you said, it's not surprising in the slightest. No, not at all. And so here we are. We're going to talk about the the all-star player pool because they, they're going to have the game and um they did uh a couple of years back they changed the format uh they still do the the 12 from the west and 12 from the east but the the leading vote getters from each conference then get to pick from the remaining 22 players uh regardless of conference so this year the captains the leading vote getter in the West was LeBron James, and the leading vote getter in the East was Kevin Durant. Quinn Snyder, coach of the Utah Jazz, will be the coach of Team LeBron, and then Doc Rivers will be the coach for uh, Team Kevin Durant. The the starters for the game, uh, the pool is from the West first. We got Steph Curry, Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic, and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, this is Steph's seventh uh, all-star appearance. Jokic's third. Doncic's second. Kawhi's fifth. And then LeBron, this is his 17th all-star appearance. And Kevin Durant's 11th. In the East, uh, we have Yontis Antetokounmpo making his fifth appearance. Bradley Beal making his third appearance. Joel Embiid making his fourth appearance. And then Kyrie Irving making his seventh appearance. Tyler... From the starting pool, do we think LeBron James picks Steph Curry first, or does Kevin Durant pick Steph Curry first? No, no, I'm not saying first overall. Know. I'm not saying first overall, but I'm saying like, does LeBron who's gonna like who's gonna pick Steph Curry? Like Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, former teammates. Obviously, LeBron yeah, and Steph I guess Curry. I would lean towards LeBron. You think LeBron's actually gonna pick him? I think I think I would lean. I think I would lean toward LeBron. Okay. All LeBron, right. LeBron, yeah. I think LeBron likes, uh, you know, their their legacies have kind of overlapped, you know. I think they're cool. Or, be, I think it's a little little less likely Durant goes that way. Do you think LeBron tries to get Kyrie away from Kevin Durant, or do you think that relationship is completely soured? I think he should just not if Kyrie was the last person not taken. <laughs> I I love that they didn't dap up before their game. Yeah, I that was definitely a, a storyline. I mean, I, I but, remember I remember the the first time Shaq and Kobe played against each other and they, that was a big deal that they just even fist bumped before the game. Yeah. And, and I could also see LeBron going the other way with it though. You know, it's just as likely he picks them early because he wants to show that their relationship is, isn't, uh, isn't, you know, or LeBron's a bigger man. Yeah. So, I mean, it, Kyrie's kind of an interesting one, but ultimately I think, uh, Kyrie will end up with KD. But what about Giannis or Kawhi? Where do you think they're going? I think Giannis has got to be the first pick. You think he's the first like pick? Overall. Yeah, I, mean, I wonder you, who you gets the first Giannis pick. With KD or Braun. I wonder who gets the first yeah, pick. Who knows? Oh. I don't know if they do like a coin flip or what. But uh, um, also, I I could see. I think the the two most likely first picks is Giannis, just because I think he's the best player available, 
But I also think they might show Brad Beal some love. You know what I mean? Like, let's get let's get kind of the the new the guy that's having the best season. You know, let's get yeah. him some limelight. I'm happy. I'm happy he he made I, the team. Because I don't year. think they draft. I, I don't really think they draft necessarily like strategically. No, you know, I think like LeBron does. I think LeBron actually takes this shit serious. Well, I mean, I'm sure he like builds a team, but I think that there's other things like, you know, that he'll do because of a certain dynamic, not necessarily because it's like you just pick the best player on the board every pick. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, that's uh, that's the starter pool uh, for the reserves. Uh, out west, we have Anthony Davis who actually uh, is being replaced by Devin Booker uh, because Anthony Davis is obviously hurt. But Anthony Davis, this would technically be his eighth all-star game or all-star selection, excuse me. Uh, And then Paul George making his seventh appearance, Rudy Gobert making his second appearance, Damian Lillard making his sixth, Donovan Mitchell making his second, Chris Paul making his 11th, Zion Williamson making his all-star debut. We got four first-time All-Stars this year. Uh, Zion is the only one from the Western Conference. And then, like I said, Devin Booker replacing Anthony Davis. This is Devin's second All-Star appearance. And then in the East, we got Jalen Brown making his first All-Star appearance. James Harden making his ninth. Zach Levine, who is a first-time All-Star. And then shout-out my boy, Julius Randle. Tyler, you remember... When we went to that Laker game, Lonzo's rookie year, it was Julius Randle's last year, and I wanted to get a Julius Randle jersey, but he was going to be a free agent. Yeah. And yeah. I said if he signed a contract long-term with the Lakers, that was going to be the next jersey I got. I was so high on Randle. I'm so happy he is an all-star this year. It is so well-deserved. And, I mean, he's got the Knicks actually in contention for a playoff spot this year. I mean, the the Knicks have been pretty surprising this yeah. year. So, Julius Randle, he's making – what's up? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say Julius Randle's making his first All-Star appearance. What were you going to say? Yeah, I mean, the Knicks are another team where I feel like they're, they're – I, I like – they're having the year I thought they were going to have last year. Yeah. Last year I thought they were going to be like 500 for like the playoff spot. But this, this team is uh, – this team has been fun to watch. Yeah. And then uh, the last three East reserves are Ben Simmons making his third appearance, Jason Tatum making his second, and Nikola Vucevic also making his second All-Star appearance. Uh, how do you think the reserves go? Where? What do you think is going to happen? Do we get all three Brooklyn Nets on the same All-Star team, Tyler? Yeah, see, you can definitely see that. You can definitely see that. Um, just, just because KD's that kind of guy, uh, it'll be it'll be interesting. You know, I think LeBron's going to favor Chris Paul. You know, hundred percent Chris Paul. Chris homies. Paul, I think, is the lock of all locks for Team LeBron. Like, if there was a way to put a bet on Chris Paul getting drafted by Team hard. LeBron, I'm putting hard. my house on it. He goes hard on in the in the All Star game, so. It's hard to see where, you know, there's not a ton of, like, connection with all these guys, uh, you know, other than KD with his teammates. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, I mean, if, if LeBron and – if AD was healthy, I, obviously I think LeBron would pick Anthony Davis. Yeah, no, I think LeBron would have take AD first in the reserves if he was available. Um, do we see but, all three? Do we see all that? three LA players? Do we see LeBron, Paul George, and Kawhi all on the same All Star team? That that I think would be pretty interesting. Yep, that would be interesting. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen though. We'll see, because that would mean LeBron would have to take Kawhi. Um, that'd be a kind of a weird. That'd be a weird pick. But like like you said, LeBron's taking it seriously, so anything could really happen. It's tough. I mean, I. You know, really outside of Chris Paul, I could see any of these players going to any of the teams. Uh, it's dope to see Zion's in there. Yes. Just proving once again that the Pelicans are his team. <laughs> hey, I mean, He's listen, dominating. Brandon Ingram could have got could have been an all-star too. He could have been, yeah, but he wasn't. <laughs> but all right. It's, it's, you know what I just thought of, Zion's Tyler? Time. That is Zion's but, time. You're right, you're right. Um, no, but – Another – all right. 
I'm going to kind of start a conspiracy. Maybe it's it's kind of been starting over the last uh, few weeks and months, uh, especially through Lakers Twitter. But with all the chaos we were talking about in Boston a few minutes ago, LeBron James is for sure going to pick Jason Tatum to be on his team. Jason Tatum is on record saying Kobe's his favorite player. He was a Laker fan growing up. There's trouble in paradise in Boston. Jason Tatum wants to be a star. Why not start the recruiting pitch now for when the time comes, for when his extension, his rookie extension is is coming? Why not start the recruiting pitch now for the Lakers by LeBron by drafting him to the all-star team this year? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he LeBron could definitely do that. That'd be that'd be a that'd be a long play. I think he does that with a ton of different players. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, you know, plant, plant all these seeds. You know, something's gonna work out. He planted a seed with uh, Anthony but, Davis. I mean, ultimately, I don't think that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I see that happening. I, I feel like Boston's gonna do everything they can to keep Tatum. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure, Boston's gonna do everything they can. But if He's got to take it. He's got to take the big bag. You know what I'm saying? It's his first. It's his first contract, so they're going to be able to offer him more than any other team. Yeah, for sure. And then obviously, I mean, Ben Simmons. We got the clutch relationship. That he, that he, that's 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 a LeBron guy. But see, it's like all these guys seem like LeBron guys because <laughs> you know it's it's LeBron's league. Well, yeah. I mean, they all grew up watching him. I mean, th- yep. dude, it's his 17th All-Star appearance. And, I mean, Chris Paul and Kevin Durant are the only other guys that have made double-digit All-Stars for this season. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't happen all that often. No, it's it's crazy. I'd, but, like, to see a, I'd like to see Spider Mitchell dunk on Gobert. Oh, you... Oh. Just a little. Yeah, that'd be good. I... That'd be very interesting to see what would happen if they those two guys ended up on separate teams. I didn't even think about that. That'd be that'd be fun. <laughs> you think they would try and make that happen? I mean, I I don't think that there's any any plot for that to happen. But I'm just <laughs> saying, you know, it's just it's like it's a it's a fifty fifty shot. They're on opposite teams. Yeah. Um, All right, so obviously one of the big conversations whenever it comes to uh, an all-star roster is who got snubbed. Um, Obviously, before Devin Booker was officially announced earlier today that he was taking over for Anthony Davis, uh, I think everyone had him as their biggest snub. Uh, I think also some people thought that Mike Connolly from the Utah Jazz was a snub. DeMontis Sabonis, Tobias Harris, Tyler, do you have any other snubs that you, you could possibly think of? And I mean, it's, it's so hard when we were, we were kind of talking about this before and I've seen other people talk about it over, over the past couple of days uh, since, since the names have been released of who the all-stars are going to be. It's like, if you have a snub or if you think someone got snubbed, who do you think they should replace? That has to be a part of the conversation. So it's always, it's always tough having these conversations because, I mean, all of these guys are, are worthy of being all-stars. They're all having great years. Yeah, it's tough. Like, I mean, I really wouldn't say there are any snubs. I think that the all-star rosters are pretty solid. You know, like I, I think, you know, you could say Trey Young over, over Jalen Brown maybe, but it, it I'd I rather have Tobias Harris success. over over Jalen Brown because Tobias Harris is on the first place team in the East. Yeah, and that's what I was just about to say. In terms of Trey Young, in terms of Tobias Harris, Trey Young kind of thing. Yeah, I got to take Trey Young over Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris is playing third fiddle, and and Trey Young is is he's a bad man. He's, he's, he's a, a bad man, but look look at his team. No, and that's what I'm saying. That's that's why he didn't make it. That's right. why he's on the outside looking in. Now, to, but he, it, you know, he's having a better individual season than Tobias Harris. You're saying Tobias Harris gets in because of the Sixers, you know, right? The Sixers well, and the, I think that's why players. people. I it's think that's why. Really, no, I think that's why people think, think Mike he, Conley should be or was a snub because of, of yeah, and that's the where Jazz. I, I think that that's where I think it gets kind of 
you know, I don't think that you should be forcing teams to get a certain amount, this or that. One is understandable. Like, if you're the best team, the second best team in your conference, you should probably have an all-star. Um, but, I mean, it's like taking the taking the third best player, like Tobias Harris or Mike Conley, over a guy like a Devin Booker or a Trey Young, you know, a guy that's just having a tremendous individual season, averaging close to 30 a game. You know, I want to take those those extremely good individual seasons on bad teams over the third best player on a good team. Well, and especially because it's an all star game. It's it's not it's not an, it's not the best of the best. You know, it's not supposed to be like the best players on the the best teams. It's it's all the stars. Well, and especially if we're not doing East and West, like in terms of the teams, and we're mixing conferences. Why does it still need to be 12 from the West and 12 from the East? Why can't it just be the top 24? Yeah, that definitely needs to, to be dropped eventually. you got to just take the top 24 guys. Yeah. Especially if, we're, if, like, especially if we're having LeBron and KD draft their own teams and we're not keeping them separated by conferences. It makes no sense. No, that, I, I, no it doesn't. And, and I think that you would fix a lot of – if if there happened to be snubs, I think that that would fix it. Yeah, but this year I don't, I really don't think there are any snubs. Yeah, no, I mean it's, I mean maybe you can. The only replacement I think really in the East maybe Demontis Sabonis for Nikola Vucevic, maybe, but Vucevic is having a great year yeah. too, so it's like it's tough. Yeah, Bam's having a good year. Chris Middleton's having a good year. But I, I would still, you know, Vucevic is having an amazing individual season. Yeah. So the the All-Star game is going to be Sunday, March 7th. They did bring back the Elam ending and, and the 24 points at the end to honor Kobe. So that's, uh, that's going to be pretty sweet because, uh, as we saw last year, it got pretty competitive towards the end of the game. Right, Tyler? No, you know, ending's great for the All Star game. Yeah, it's. I think it, it's the perfect uh, and, cherry and on top. I did have one more thing. I did have one more thing to add about the roster. You know, with the Devin Booker being a snub, I, I do believe that they've made the right choice in taking Chris Paul over Devin Booker as the All Star spot. You know, when we're talking about team success playing a factor, yeah. It's like you know, Devin Booker's been getting these numbers, and they've been shitty. You know, and then we, you know, Chris Paul comes into town. Now they're now they're a playoff team in the West. You know that I think that that's more Chris Paul, and I think that he deserves that spot. Devin Booker deserves the spot, but I think that they made the right choice taking Chris Paul over Devin Booker, even though Devin Booker is probably a better individual player right now. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent agree with that. But all right, let's uh let's transition now to. Some football, we got uh, a quarterback switching teams that uh, we need to talk about real quick. I'm just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here so I won't get fired. Great cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. That's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life from a running back. Don't you ever talk about me. Wilson. The hold is down, the kick clears the line, and Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl! Are you kidding me? Seattle's going to the Super Bowl! It's my quarterback. So, Tyler, we got a quarterback reuniting with his former offensive coordinator. Carson Wentz has found a new home. The Philadelphia Eagles have agreed to trade quarterback Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts for a 2021 third-round pick and a conditional 2022 second-round pick that could turn into a first-round pick. The Eagles will receive the 85th pick overall in this year's draft, and that conditional second-rounder, like I said, uh, can become a first-round pick based on Carson Wentz's playing time. Carson Wentz needs to play at least 75% of the Colts' offensive snaps for the 2022 conditional pick to turn into a first-round pick. And 
the pick could also become a first rounder if Carson Wentz plays at least 70% of the snaps and the Colts reach the playoffs. So it's not as much as Philly was asking for to begin with, but it's something. They got rid of Carson Wentz. They got what they wanted. Yeah, I mean, I think that the Colts are the, the winner in all this. I, 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 I do think that the, the Eagles got what they wanted, but definitely at a lower price than they were hoping for. Yeah, um, and now, and now they're, and now I think that they're, they're probably going to look to draft another quarterback. I, I, I just, I don't know if they're necessarily in love with Jalen Hurts as, as their guy moving forward. Now, I think that he's going to beat out any rookie quarterback in a quarterback competition. Um, so I think Jalen Hurts is going to be the starter week one. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I think that the, you know Carson Wentz needed to go. Like he wasn't going to be the Eagles, so in that sense, the Eagles did win. But the Colts being able to get a quarterback for next to nothing, a quarterback that's like you said reunited with his coach, and when he was with that coach, he played phenomenal. He's going to a team that's got a better offensive line. The defense is just as good as it was in Philly. So you know. If Carson Wentz is going to be successful, I think this is a good, a good fit. You know, if he's going to have more time in the pocket, I think a lot of his mistakes were when he was kind of like running around crazy. Now, when he was playing good, he was making a lot of those throws. But as of the last couple of years, with their, all their offensive line problems, he's, he's been he's played bad. But uh, I think that this is the perfect opportunity for him, and and the Colts got another another quarterback in in the in the stable. Yeah, they still have Jacoby Brissett, um, so they have a they have a solid backup. Um, yeah, I mean let let's go back to Philly though, real quick. I mean, I agree a hundred percent with you. I don't think they're sold on Jalen Hurts. I mean, we saw Doug Peterson put in Nate Sudfeld in a very critical moment in a game that their playoff hopes were riding on. And he could have stuck with Jalen Hurts in the moment, but he didn't. So it's it's very interesting to see how quickly the Eagles have crumbled and, and, and fallen from grace after winning the Super Bowl. What, not two, three years ago now? I mean, this, yeah, I mean, I think that this was the, the second year removed. Yeah, from from the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I mean it's absolutely insane how their product has just dropped. You know, it was a win getting that getting that contract off and getting rid of a guy that wasn't going to be your quarterback. But now you're kind of left with nothing. And I think that they end up drafting a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think they're going to have to first round draft pick. I think it's going to go quarterback. Yeah. Now it's going to be some tough days for Philadelphia. Yeah. And and like you were saying for Indianapolis, I think, I mean, Carson Wentz has got to be feeling pretty comfortable now that he's reunited with Frank Reich. I mean, Frank Reich obviously knew how to, to coach Carson Wentz. And they, I mean, they put Philly in the position that they needed to be in for that playoff run. And then, Obviously, Carson gets hurt in the Rams game at the Coliseum that year, and Nick Foles takes over, and they go on that magic run. But, I mean, Carson Wentz was looking like the the top quarterback prospect he was supposed to that season. So he's got to be feeling pretty comfortable being reunited with Frank Reich. And, I mean, I'm excited to see what they can do. They have a a pretty solid offense around him in Indianapolis, I mean, they're going to have to re-sign T.Y. Hilton. That's a, a big question mark for them this offseason. But they have a young receiver in Michael Pittman Jr. who said he's not giving up number 11 to Carson Wentz. We'll see if that actually holds true or not. And then they have solid young running backs. Carson Wentz got the bag. <laughs> Carson Wentz has got money. Michael Pittman's going to be giving that shit up like, real quick. Yeah, I, I figured you'd have something to say about that. Yeah, that ain't gonna last. <laughs> and it's also the, the no, quarterback. I, it's it's. I like the Colts, man. John, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor, Naeem Hines, and uh, Marlon Mack. I think that they're gonna be a great three-headed monster. Yeah, 
So, I mean, and listen, they're buying low on Carson Wentz and hoping for the best. Which is why they, I think they just dominated this trade. Even though Philadelphia didn't necessarily lose, I just think that they dominated this trade. Yeah. Um, to lose Philip Rivers, go get Carson Wentz, put him in a, in a new place, you know, new opportunity, a better opportunity. You know, teams opted to respect the run game more than they did in Philly. Like I said, he's going to have a better offensive line. Those things help out a quarterback. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And, I mean, they've they've really been building something in Indianapolis for the past couple of years. They gave it a shot last year with Phillip Rivers on, on his last go-around, his last hurrah. It didn't work out the way they wanted. And and now they're going to try their, their luck with Carson Wentz and, and see what happens. It, I mean, this really all started with, with Andrew Luck announcing his retirement in the third week of the preseason completely unexpectedly. And, I mean – they were really building something around him, and now they've been trying to find someone to replace him. No, they pivoted well. I mean, they recovered from that really well. Oh, yeah, it could have been much worse. Yeah, I mean, I think that this was only their third year without luck, or second year without luck. Yeah. You yeah, know, because they, was, had, it was they one had year Brissette with, as the stopgap. Uh, yeah, one year with Brissette and one year with Rivers. Yeah. I mean, Chris Chris Ballard has done a, an impressive job as as the GM of the Colts so far. Well, and I mean, they have great ownership. You, yeah, Ursay is one of the best owners in sports. You see teams with good ownership; it's weird that they tend to do well. And and listen, I think there's there's something to be said about the culture that was set when when Peyton was there. I mean, it. I no, I. No, I mean I I listen to Pat right. McAfee all the yeah. time. I, I I talk about it on the on the show all the time. I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan of his, and he he just talks about the days of of what it was like being in the locker room around so many great NFL players on those Colts teams during that run. And I mean, I just think that standard has still been the what's been expected because yeah. Ursay is around and and he. He, he wants greatness out of everybody from that organization. Yep. They're, they're a class act um, organization for sure. They've been, they've been good for a really, really long time. And, and, you know, I can't understand it enough. Like having an active owner that's, you know, with, you know, really getting after it with the team, it makes a huge difference. And, and it's not a complete ass hat, you know, and that makes a huge difference. Yeah, definitely. So I mean, we're both we're both excited to see what what the future holds for Carson Wentz and, and the Indianapolis Colts, and we both agree the Philadelphia Eagles are now a complete dumpster fire. Absolutely, I I, I see them three four wins max next year. Yeah, it's it's gonna be hard to to pick them to win games next year unless they figure out their their quarterback situation, and they're they're gonna have to do that pretty quickly. Yep. So, all right, you got uh, you got a shout out before we get out of here. Yeah, I was just gonna say yesterday for the for the state of Washington was a big day basketball wise. Uh, we had three kids named McDonald's All American, oh, Owen Hickson, Paulo, Jackson Grant, and then we also had first time All Star Zach Levine named an All Star, and we had first time All Star coach Quinn Snyder. Um, named an all-star coach. So yesterday was a was a big day for all the Washington Hoops, Hoopers. Damn. Well, say the say the McDonald's All-American names one more time. I think I spoke over you for one of the names. Sorry. No. Uh, no Nolan Hickman, who is going to Kentucky. Uh, Paulo Benchero, he's going. He's like a, a top three recruit in the nation. Um, he's going to Duke, unfortunately. And then we got Jackson <laughs> Grant from Olympia. And he's going to the University of Washington. There you go, staying home for for the dogs. Yep, yep. He's, he's, for the he's Huskies, excuse me. I don't know why I said dogs. Yeah. Well, I mean, they are a dog. Yeah, so. Husky is a dog, but um, <laughs> that's what that's what everyone calls them is the dogs. So. Okay, all right. So I wasn't far off. No, that's probably what you hear. You know. Yeah. Red and Corey call. Them. Yeah. All right, uh, for me, um, 
I mean, yesterday here in LA, it was a, a, a pretty crazy day. I mean, um, if you don't know, uh, Tiger Woods was in a single car accident yesterday here in the greater Los Angeles area. And I mean, just given the footage that I saw it, it looked like this could have been a much more catastrophic accident and, and Tiger was ex- extremely lucky. So I just thought I, I want to wish a speedy recovery to Tiger Woods. I, I'm praying for him and uh, I hope he makes a full recovery. It, it was all, it was pretty crazy when, when the news broke, I mean, um, everyone didn't know what to think. We just all knew Tiger Woods got in a, an accident and yeah, was, you never want to hear that stuff anymore. It's just your heart, your, you know, your heart sinks to your stomach. Um, you know, we're all little, we're all a little shook still from Kobe, you know? So, that, yeah, I mean, I started uh, having flashbacks immediately when I, when I got the notification, yeah. It was it was wild. I mean, Tiger is that guy. I mean, Tiger changed an entire sport—a sport that has been around for you know 200 years. So yeah, um, Tiger is Tiger is a, a monumental idol in American culture. Uh, so you know, you see stuff like that, you just kind of hold your breath. But hopefully, he's all good, man. Hopefully, you know, he can walk walk again, and and he's and he's and he's you know. All good. Yeah, I mean that's that's really the thing. It's like I mean, from the injuries that he he sustained, I mean, multiple fractures and broken bones in his, in his legs and and ankles and I mean. Yeah, I read something that basically the car saved his life. Like, oh yeah, you know, because he's driving such a high end car. You know, the safety in that car was like you know top of the line. Yeah, and I mean we we were covering it all day yesterday and and for for a good amount of today at, at the the news radio station I work at uh, KFI AM six forty, and I mean that's that's what one of our reporters Steve Gregory was saying is that the the model of Hyundai Genesis that he had or was driving at the time the safety measures in in that vehicle and the fact that he was wearing the seatbelts and all the airbags deployed right it that's what saved his life it's it's, it's yeah pretty no, it, remarkable it, 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 yeah exactly it just just shows you how lucky you know how lucky we are to still get have tiger yeah and i mean at, at this point it's like golf is completely secondary i, I just i hope he is no, able man, to... you, we just want to see this guy walk, walk walk up and you know you just want to see this guy walking again you know yeah 100 percent so uh wishing a a full and and speedy recovery to to Tiger Woods. So uh, with that that wraps up this episode of the Sports Kingdom show. Be sure to rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK show on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Follow all of us at the Duke of Sports at Tyler Pacholki and at Jacob double underscore Gonzalez. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK show. Peace.